All right. Are we ready? I do. <laughs> yeah, only fools. Welcome to another episode of Geek Phantology. I am your host, Neil Cordray. I'm joined this week by... The one true thing. And... Mike. And uh, today we're going to do a slightly shorter episode because we're recording this under time constraints because we can't record when we normally would record because I'm turning 30. Yay! Um... Yay, getting, question mark? Well, in my... getting older, it, therefore things are getting shorter. In my, in, in, in my family, the, the, the uh, birthdays with a zero in the, uh, in the ones column typically have heavy partying involved. Yeah, so, yay. Yay, yay. point. Right. And, like, when, when, my, when, my old, when my oldest brother turned 30, I bought him a, I, I bought him a 20-year-old bottle of scotch, so I'm, I've got my fingers crossed, but I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, okay. My next one that turns then ends in zero. If anybody gets me a 20 year old, don't let it be a bottle of scotch. Because <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm getting older, I'm trying to drink more healthily. This is a matcha latte, so it's just milk and matcha powder, which is supposedly good for you. <laughs> I'm drinking Diet Pepsi. <laughs> So, we won't do geek news just because of time constraints, so we're going to... Besides which, this is a themed episode. Jump straight into the theme of the... Well, all the episodes are themed episodes, man. What the hell? No, but this is a theme as opposed to a review and things like that, so... That's true. And a series. Right. Yes. We present for you, for your listening pleasure, Romance Option Part 2, talking about couples. But we do still want to kick it off with the spoiler of the week. Yes, right? our spoiler of the week is, of course, we're sorry... But your princess is in another castle. Love stinks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so, um, we're going to talk about our favorite, or at least the ones we can think of off the top of our heads, because we're doing most of this unrehearsed. Um, well, couples... For the record, we don't rehearse the podcast. No, but usually, <laughs> usually, we, usually we talk for about 10 to 15 Nobody minutes before play. we start, and, now, and this time we're we calling didn't. that rehearsal now. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, well, you know. We rehearsed that improv many times. <laughs> well, I mean, you, that, that's what you practice at the very least. Right. But so. in all seriousness, I had, had some time to think about it, so I have plenty of, plenty of couples to, uh, to talk about. Yes, discuss. and I am willing to vamp like I normally do because I almost never do any prep work. Michael does all the prep work, and, and then Ben and I, and, and then Ben and I make it up as we go. Vamp has a leech off of our ideas. Is that the idea? No, you're not familiar with the concept of vamping. I guess not. Uh, it's it's I believe it's, it's initially a, a musical improvisational term concept where essentially you build on someone else's idea. Uh, so it's just a fancy way of saying like play to the improv. Theme. Yeah. Yes, and. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So. So I, I guess really in in all the couples that we talked about so far, because we did discuss a few of these. Yeah. Um, do we want to do the most happily married couple ever at the end? I think yes, at the end. Yeah, because we'll, we'll leave them because because I think <laughs> I think a lot of what we're going to mention here is going to be a little bit painful because, uh, like, I don't know, a lot of writers don't like couples to end happily. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the essence of the thing is the essence of stories and stuff is conflict. So if everyone's just getting along, it's more difficult to write. Yeah. 
Now, yeah. there's ways you can do it. Mm -hmm. There's uh, you can have you can have couples that are at least uh, generally happy and have a healthy relationship, but there are constant like conflicts uh, around them or that right. affect them. Like for example, um, although more recently this hasn't been the case, but Traditionally, uh, Spider-Man or Peter Parker and Mary Jane have been a happily married couple, but they still constantly have all the stuff they have to deal with. Yeah, and the writers couldn't deal with that, so they so they literally sold their marriage to the devil. Yeah, I just pretend like that didn't never happen because it's stupid. Yeah, that never. Happened. Just like the Clone Saga of the '90s never happened. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yeah. let's not it's, digress. It's too still much. one of the few writing writing things that I don't that I'm not happy about with J. Michael Straczynski. Although apparently he also wasn't happy about it either. It was an editorial mandate. Well, since we're just uh, doing a um, kind of a stream of consciousness anyway, why don't we just start with that? Because that is one of the most iconic couples. In superherodom, yeah. Yeah, at the very least. Outside, yeah. Mary yeah. Jane and Peter Parker. It's yeah. great. They're a great couple. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I like that... I mean, at first, Peter... Because I, I... From back in that day, um, Peter did not want to meet Mary Jane. And no, yeah. No, he was set right. up on a blind date... By uh, Aunt May yep. with his next door neighbor, mm -hmm. who we had never met the girl next door. And she, and when she meets him, face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> one of the most iconic lines in that, yep. in that series. And and I'm sorry, Kirsten Dunst did not do her justice. No, she did no. not. Not at all. She was okay, but she wasn't nearly fiery enough as a, of a fiery redhead. I agree. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't she have that like, which is another couple I'm sure we'll, we'll mention here. She didn't have that Lois Lane streak of like, you know, right? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Chutzpah? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Chutzpah. Yeah. Yeah, you, and, 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 and you're the head. It's, yeah. one, it's one of those words that requires a little bit of phlegm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, they did it pretty well in the Spider-Man game, though. Um, yeah. they, they had where their their relationship was on the rocks, but it got back together. And Are you talking about was, the, the most recent one? Yeah, the, the new PS4 game. The one that sold like a hajillion copies. Yeah, it was really good, and right. Mary Jane was written very well in it because she was actually, she was like, like she, they really just kind of really Lois laned her, like she was a agency. Spunky, she agency was a spunky reporter. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> and, and here's the other thing, though. Speaking of spunky and, you know, fiery redhead. There were times when someone tried to use Mary Jane as girl hostage, and it did not work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she took out four thugs <laughs> at one point. Just you know, um, she is not a good hostage, which I one of the things I, I liked about her. Another mm -hmm. thing I find interesting about their relationship is that obviously there's the whole Spider-Man Peter Parker component, and you know, I depending on this comic line, she finds out at various points in the timeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but obviously by the time, you know, if it is a timeline where they do in fact get married and stay together, then mm -hmm. she knows that he's Spider-Man already. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that, like, when the mask is off, she's the one who is, like, the center of attention and has the, like, influence and money and power and stuff because she's this mm -hmm. famous supermodel and to various extents an actor. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, he's just kind of, like, the supportive arm candy for her, uh, which, by the way, I just want to address that real quick. Um, arm candy in the sense of, like, he's he is the person that people aren't paying attention to, but when you get down to it, he's actually generally portrayed as a pretty good-looking guy. Yeah. Which is funny because, I mean, well, I guess you could argue that in high school, 
he may have been a bit awkward and gangly, but he was never. He was, it's not like he was ugly or anything. He just had a pair of glasses and was kind of awkward. Like yeah. he's he's he, the male he, equivalent to she's all that, where you take the glasses off and whip the hair back, and suddenly it's like whoa. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like he's never a bad looking guy, and of yeah. course when he became Spider Man, he got all jacked and stuff. Right. But he just yeah. hides it, you know. Yeah, yeah, he hides it well. But yeah, and he is. I don't know. Peter he was awkward socially. That was the yeah, main, that was right. the main reason he got picked on in high school. To draw the to draw the comparison between him and Superman again, he was in Clark Kent mode, where he's all like hunched and awkward and stuff. Exactly, know? exactly. And yeah, because Peter's never been an ugly guy, but he's never been classically handsome. Well, he did lack the confidence too before exactly. he really grew into the Spider-Man role. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then you know when you but then by the same token, when you've beat Electro and and the Lizard and stuff, and you can't talk about it. Yeah, you know it really does kind of change the way you are, you know. But I like especially that. once he joins the Avengers and gets to start hanging out with like right. Iron Man and Thor and yeah. <laughs> right, and and which is kind of funny because he has handled villains that have, you know, that have gone toe to toe with Iron Man and Thor. Yeah, I mean yeah. he beat literally beat. A herald of Galactus into unconsciousness. Well, he's it's because he's actually really one of the more powerful superheroes <laughs> in the Marvel universe. He's kind of he just fucking yeah. realize it. He's, exactly. he's low key powerful, uh, and yeah. he's very. Uh, that's low key, not the trickster god, by the way. Uh, he's not that powerful, uh, but uh, and also very brilliant. So yeah. you know, he kind of Batman's his way out of things sometimes. Yeah. You know, well, I like with the I science like, and quick thinking. Yeah, well, I, I like. Uh, I really like the the examples where he doesn't have organic web shooters and he just was you know he was just so sciencey that he right. made this this like super awesome web fluid that like right mm-hmm. well that's a thing he's kind of like an alchemist uh, yes. where like he'll come up with like oh well I'm gonna come up with a different formula like concentration consistency or whatever for the web shooters because I need to go up against this yeah. bad guy or this scenario I need this I need my web fluid to conduct electricity or and not. Ha- or not, yes. <laughs> yeah, I need it to last longer or dissolve quicker. It needs to be, like, more potent yeah. or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Anyway, we're getting a bit on a tangent, but... Spider-Man! Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's had other pairings over the years. Gwen is, is up there. That's a second place. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, and Betty Brant. But and, and it's yeah, always Black been Cat. him and MJ. Yeah. Black Cat was my other favorite. Oh, yeah, Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting one because they actually share the whole... That's basically more or less a Batman-Catwoman scenario there where they know who each other are. Right. And, like, Black Cat was kind of... She was like a... Well, let's be honest. She was a blatant rip-off of Catwoman, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was also that kind of, like, morally gray character, you know, who was influenced by... I was was really bummed out in recent comics. They they did away with the whole Batman marrying Catwoman. Oh, yeah. They they negated that in, like, five minutes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen for... Narrative reasons. Couldn't we just let Batman be happy for once? Yeah, and c- c- yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't even go through with it technically. I mean, yeah, no, they didn't even get married. Yeah, they just it was like, haha. This it was like I can't remember whose nefarious scheme it was. There was someone's nefarious scheme. It was a giant bait and switch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of sucks. Every once in a while, it's like, can't he just be happy for five minutes? Yeah, no, just I mean, come he's on, Batman. Come he's on. earned it. He's earned it, but he's anyway. not. Well, give him a little bit of happiness and then take it away to really, to really, really ram in the pathos. There you go. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't, don't bait and switch him right before he gets to be happy. Yeah. Give right. him a little bit of happy first, and then like kill Catwoman. I mean, yeah, she'll come back to life, but that's beside the point. Well, yeah, at least you only do it three more times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beat you to the punch there. Yeah, and, and I noticed how we just kind of naturally segued into that. Right. Um, Batman and Catwoman. 
I mean, those are two of the most um, formidable mortals in the DC universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Batman's yeah. gone toe-to-toe with Darkseid. Batman has bluffed Darkseid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one thing to go toe-to-toe with him, but to make him blink? Well, I think uh, <laughs> yeah. what I, one, one thing I like about the Batman and Catwoman pairing is that they have they have had good examples of that relationship across um, different uh, many different mediums, comics and movies and stuff. And uh, of course, Batman Returns is amazing, and Michelle Pfeiffer is like oh. the best Catwoman ever. Yeah. At least in, at least in the non comic verse. Yeah. And uh, I think that <laughs> yeah. was just a really cool uh, dynamic they had. Yeah. And uh, you know, like the bit where like they realize who each other are, and she's like, yeah. "Do we have to fight? Do we now? have to start fighting now?" <laughs> yeah, because it, it all goes with with two lines that they that they you know exchanged in costume, not knowing. And right. I just love that you know, mistletoe, mistletoe can be dangerous if you eat it, or poison. Yeah, a, a kiss can be uh, you know even more dangerous if you mean it. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh no, do we have to start fighting now? Because the both. Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle and Bats and Catwoman. You know, I'm just yeah. like... Yeah. Well, there's so many instances where, like, there are things that are said and it should be obvious and just for meta reasons that characters don't have the revelation. I like that that kind of happened and then they immediately were like, oh, okay, so we all know what's up now. Right, they right, They just, yeah. like, make it a really unrealistic, like, they should know but they don't for some reason. Thing. Yeah. I appreciated exactly. that. Yeah, and and the thing is, is I mean, the and again, my, my point to that is that these are two of the most best matched. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they have very they have very similar skill sets, and mm-hmm. often uh, it's it's kind of um, people underestimate how intelligent Catwoman is. Well, but like, yeah, Catwoman, like I mean, granted, she it's not like Bruce where it's like oh, like he had a gazillion dollars and has all this formal education, but like. She's she has a lot of life experience and she has a lot of good instincts yeah. and she goes out of her way to educate herself where it's like okay yeah, I does. don't know I don't know how to do this so I'm gonna just figure it out like I'm gonna case this joint I'm gonna learn everything there is to know about this person and how to play them mm-hmm. like she just teaches herself all this stuff she's yeah, self taught right. which in a way is more impressive because yeah. she doesn't have all those advantages that he had growing up exactly and and she has outwitted the Joker uh, she's outwitted fucking was it Bane. Um, who is a, who was also a criminal genius. Yeah, which, by the way, for people who aren't that familiar with the comics, he's actually really smart in the comics, but yeah. for some odd reason they portray him as an idiot in some yeah, certain other Yeah, for some reason, idiot. like, every 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 example of, of Bane that's been portrayed, at least not in animated form, Bane has always been this sort of doofy muscle boy. Although they did kind of... They, the pendulum swung back a bit on Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Like, they made him smart again. Yeah. Like, not crazy intelligent like in the comics, but not a doofus like yeah, in like, Batman, like, uh, yeah. Batman and Robin. Everyone always seems to forget that Bane invented his steroid venom. Right. Yeah. Right. And like... So, so, yeah. <laughs> well, and... And... So, yeah, Selena Kyle has gone toe-to-toe with him, and I don't know if she's on a par with Wonder Woman as far as in combat... But there is not a mortal that I have seen that can touch her. I would imagine not, because Wonder Woman was like, fr- like from a young age, literally taught how to do all this combat. Yeah. Stuff. Also, right. she, also, you have to keep in mind Wonder Woman is not mortal. Right. And so right. I'm saying, but Batman can go toe to toe with Wonder Woman and and and, and hold his own. Mm-hmm. But that's because he's a fucking Batman. Um, but I'm mean, the goddamn Batman. Goddamn, <laughs> goddamn Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. 
Anyways, the, uh, the goddamn Batman's actually a reference to th- to a thing. Uh, you, it, it's yeah. a really bad comic, but it's worth but it's worth knowing that reference. It's so, so much meme. <laughs> yeah. All the meme, but you know. Um, but point being is they are well paired as right. far as, but also they're both equally morally gray. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all that Batman is the Dark Knight and the you know and the Dark Knight detective and all that. He still does things cops won't do. Like, I, a lot of people argue that Batman is lawful good. He is not. Mm-mm. He is lawful neutral. At best, he might even be lawful evil. No, I would, I say, he's, say, I, I would say he's neutral good because, uh, but, you know, with a very strong code. Um, yeah, he's not, I, I, can't, I couldn't give him neutral because he, he, his code is everything for his him. His code is everything, but his code... It's flexible. It does. It, it, it does kind of evolve, and it depends on who's. You know, yeah, he doesn't kill. But Ex- there are times when he will not do things that will save somebody. Except for that one time where he broke his other big rule, which is no guns, and he shot Darkseid with a gun. When was this? Um, during one of the Crisis crossovers, when uh, when Darkseid actually uh, actually finalized the anti life equation. Ah. Um. Well, I mean, it's dark side. It's not like a normal joke. Yes, this was dark side. We were talking about. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that that's a big enough exception. Yeah, he broke both of his big rules, which is no killing and no guns. Yeah, because it was dark side, so he killed dark side with a special gun. That's such a Batman thing to do. Yeah, a special device to. No, somebody else invented the special. I think Ray Palmer invented the special device. The the special gun. Batman is the kind. Batman is the kind of character like Selena Kyle. Who, when when the villain says nothing short of a nuclear device I've will got, stop me, I've got one thing. in my utility belt right now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Batman is the kind of person who will say, "Well, then it's a good thing I didn't bring. I brought nothing short of a nuclear device." Click, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know. Um, He's famous for his preparation. Yeah, he is pretty prepared, but so is Selena Kyle. You know, and mm-hmm. they're both as as a couple, they're both morally gray. But they're also that slightly doomed because they can never be happy. It, yeah. It's a trait. You know? Yeah, it's like... Well, it's like they <laughs> both I, can't it, be happy individually and then they can't really be happy together if, either. If, you ex- if like, you're, <laughs> if really you're Batman free. or part of his rogues gallery, mm-hmm. or like if you're part of the Bat universe, mm-hmm. pretty much that's one of your defining traits is it is it is impossible to ever be truly happy. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, will, I will argue that Joker seems like he's having a pretty good time. Most this of the is, time. Yeah. Now, okay, and that brings us to Harley Quinn. And j- the, I'm sorry, the Harley Quinn-Joker relationship is toxic and horrible. Well, and yeah. true. That doesn't Which, mean it's not interesting. Well, but that's not the one I'm going for. You want the, the Harley-Poison Ivy relationship? Harley-Poison Ivy. Well, the thing is, is that Har- I mean, Harley Quinn's romances have evolved. Yes. From being, you being the Joker's, you know, you hit Harley, my hobby, or, you know, my, my um... You know, basically That's being my job. Yeah, being uh, you know Joker's abused lover, to you know basically, um, in in the relationship with with um, you know with Poison Ivy, I mean complete change. Yeah, you know. Well, that's because also the character herself has got get, gotten to go, get, undergo a massive. Uh, a, a massive character Change. arc because yeah. she was so she was popular enough that people decided to write her. Yeah, basically <laughs> she pulled a venom. 
Yeah. She yeah. was a straight-up villain, and then she became super popular, and they're like, okay, well, let's kind of play around. Let's, with, let's flesh out her backstory a little bit. Let's yeah. play around <laughs> with the character and make her maybe, like, you know, have a few noble streaks here and there and be kind of a anti-hero vigilante type, but still mainly, a, you know, like, yeah. villain type. Like, it's... She's, kind of she's just, the Deadpool of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, she, yeah. she's whatever the, the writers need her to be. They'd get along well, I think. Yeah, they would. Speaking yeah. of, that, yeah, that segues be... actually pretty well into uh, <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool and his... He's had m- multiple he paramours, yeah. but that's because he's a pretty healthy example of a pansexual and, like, right. it, it, all of his relationships are really healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really kind of weird. <laughs> that's because he is nuts. <laughs> And so none of the toxicity that tends to creep into some relationships really seems to apply to him because he can't, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't do like jealousy. I, I don't think Deadpool does jealousy, you know, because you can't kill him. He's not. gonna outlive most. Although he does get jealous of people dying when it comes to him and Lady Death. True. <laughs> Yeah, it's mostly because he can't hang. He can't see Lady Death because he can't die. Yeah. Yeah, can't be with her. He'll know. get glimpses whenever he's like torn apart or whatever. But you know, he wants what he can't have. Right. So oh, Thanos, which brings me die. to another obscure yep. one: wanting what you cannot have. Tragic romance. Lady Hawk. That's that. That's fair. That is to me the ultimate tragic romance. Except that, except it's that doesn't. It's solved at the end. Exactly, but for while while they are now, for those of you who uh, have never seen Lady, it, Hawk, it's a movie from the eighties with Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Matthew Broderick, and I can't remember who played the the bishop. This sounds absolutely bananas. So I need to see it. Um, oh my so, god! Yes. Okay. I now, thought you were talking think. about like Hot Girl. No, no. This is a movie called Lady Hawk. Um, oh, it, is, okay. it is a young Rutger Hauer. It right. is Michelle Pfeiffer's first actual movie. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and a very young man, yeah. Broderick. Broderick, out, Broderick off, out, um, just recently after War Games and uh, Rutger Howard just recently after Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I can't remember who plays the villain, but the villain is magnificent. Oh, the Bishop of... The, yeah, the Bishop, Bishop of Aquila. Aquila. Um, does, this, does this walking corpse have a name? <laughs> yeah. And Matthew Broderick <laughs> nails it as Philippe the Mouse. Yes. So the story the story of it basically is Philippe the Mouse is a thief, played by Matthew Broderick. Spoilers for Lady Hawk, by the way. It's a 30-year-old movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Who escapes from, from the dungeons of Aquila and runs into a... Uh, a man who was good with a sword, Captain Etienne of Navarre. Etienne Navarre. Um, who is basically in love with a woman by by day one way, by night another. Um, yes. Um, by day he is a, uh, he's human, but and, at night he's a wolf. And by day she is a hawk, and by night she is a woman. Uh, they've been cursed by this bishop because the bishop wanted Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. This is a very deep cut. Well, and and the thing of it is, is that um, so they travel together, and there's one line in it that is um, that just illustrates the tragedy of it because they're traveling together, you know, always together but forever apart. It's like wolves and wolves and hawks mate for life. He didn't even give us that. (laughs) Um, So there's like one instant, you know, at sunrise and sunset where they could see each other. And they play. They use that. 
But oh yeah, it is a it is a and it, it gets resolved at the end. But directed by the guy who directed Lethal Weapon, by the way, can't remember his name. Donner. Yeah. Is it, it was that was it? It was directed by Donner. Um, but yeah, good movie. Sorry, I, I, did, I I've I, I am familiar with a lot of pieces of trivia about this movie because mm-hmm. having watched a video series about the search for the fantasy blockbuster by a really cool guy named Nash, who should, who should mm-hmm. you should totally check out on YouTube. Um. He, but, um, he did a he did yeah. a review of Lady Hawk, and that's where I know most of. Like I've never actually seen Lady Hawk. I've just seen oh like God, thirty minutes of it cut off. Oh my God, <laughs> guys, that movie I have it. It was one of the first. It was one of the first movies I ever owned. Back when I had my first VHS player. Deep cut. For those of you who don't know, a VHS was this. <laughs> <laughs> it's you like had to rewind it. Yeah, you had to rewind the damn thing. You could only watch it. Be yeah. kind, please rewind. rewind. Exactly. Um, and um, it, it used magnetic tape, and if you paused, it didn't actually pause. It kind of went forward and backward really slightly and jerkily. Depending on where you paused, uh, yeah. you could actually catch it mid-frame. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is a <laughs> very... It, it, but it was a very tragic, and, of course, my I, I loved the priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta look his. I gotta look that actor because he was he he is glorious. Yeah, he he was very good. As a well, we don't want to spend too much time on this. But so um, but again, the whole thing of it is is the 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 thing I love about it is how Philippe facilitates the romance between them when they're traveling together because they can't see each other, but Philippe sees them both. And Leo McKern. Leo McKern. Oh God, yes, he is such a good actor too. Um, but Philippe basically facilitates the romance between them by basically lying his ass off, but telling the literal truth, because he tell he says the things that neither of them say, but that he you know he, he knows that they want. Uh, but yeah, it is a, it is a happily ever after. Um, so it's well, that's because it was made in the eighties. Had to be yeah, and eighty five specifically. Very um, good. <clears throat> also very good. Uh, a lot of people were pissed at the Alan Parsons project because the soundtrack was better than their album that year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's one of the one of the big. That's my obscure one. There we go. Um, so we're going to talk about Deadpool. Yes, yeah. we were. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to turn my brain off that because I I love Deadpool, but we I literally don't have the time yeah. to go to the to that much detail on, on the obscure stuff. We want to make sure we're hitting the the big pairings yeah. here. We still got about we still got about an hour. Um, well, we have 30... 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 45. Something like so, that. Uh, I, I did confirm that I was right on Deadpool's wife, the, uh, was, is Sheikla, Queen of the Undead. Ah, yes, um, her. Yeah, in the comics he gets married to, uh, Sheikla, who is this, like, demon lady. She was gonna be the Bride of Dracula. Right. And, uh, instead, um, wound up... <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, she was rescued from that fate question mark because now she's married to Deadpool. But hey, D- Deadpool actually, you know, actually treated her pretty well and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, that's because Deadpool tends to have really healthy relationships. Exactly, which is kind of funny for an insane guy. Yeah, and for someone who really has like, like, well, really healthy romantic relationships. Let's not like. Some of his friend relationships are oh, fucked yeah. all to hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to kind of put that. Uh, uh, caveat there because his romantic relationships tend to be pretty healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the other ones not so much. So people will probably either will, will be shouting at their phones or computer screens or what have you that, that they uh, consume this on. If we don't mention 
uh, some guys from some people from video games. Um, although I have we, M- Mike and I both have arguments against the two most commonly considered ones, which would be Mario and yeah. and uh, Peach and uh, Link and Zelda. I, I would I would I would second those arguments. Yeah, Mario I mean, and Peach. I mean, yes, they have theoretically a romantic relationship, but it's only ever really hinted at. It's all like, on screen. In Mario, in Mario 64 is the most explicit because she invites him over to, to, to because she's baked a cake and she gives him a kiss on the nose at the end of the game. Everything else, your prince, I'm sorry, but our princess is in another castle. And I guess in Sunshine they go on a, they go on a vacation together. I guess a lot a lot of people on the internet think that baked him a cake is a euphemism. There is a lot of there there is a lot of well, assumptions there. Is cake that on there, the beach, so there is a lot of assumption that that is in fact uh, a, a euphemism. <laughs> also, the fact that her name is Princess Peach is also you know yeah. that's that's a whole you know thing. Princess Toadstool, also sometimes referred to as Peach. Um, well, yeah, technically, is so is it like her name's Peach Toadstool? Uh, that seems Peach like a celebrity name. more of a nickname. Oh. Theoretically, it's very confusing. Yeah, well, if you do a deep dive into the Mario lore, you're I'm, right. It's very confusing. I'm, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I don't feel like doing a deep. No, no, dive. no. Like I, I wasn't going to. Just if you do. No, no, no. It's, it's. Like, I, I'm just saying that I don't have the proclivity to actually take the time to do that. There that's, are massive inconsistencies. We'll just put said. it that way. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, inconsistencies like uh, like. Uh, actually, sorry. No, Link's, Link's uh, I was going to say in the crappy cartoon from the, what was it, early, like the beginning of the 90s, I think. Excuse me, princess. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that all of a sudden Link's hair is brown for some reason. I don't well, know actually, why. no. That, that, that's canonical to the original game. In the original Zelda, oh, yeah, I guess his right. hair was brown. In the first two Zelda games for the yes. Nintendo, it was brown, and then they might just had to make him a blonde and Link to the Past for some reason. No, in Link to the ha- Past, his hair was pink. Pink. Uh-huh. His hair was pink. What? I don't know. It was some. It was something to do with the palettes. Oh yeah. And then every game after that, he has been blonde. Right. But well, his hair was a, pink for one random game. a bit game. of a digression, but uh, it, it does beg the question: in game in Game Boy, where there was no color, Link's Awakening, what color was his hair? It was dark. So, so we, probably brown again. We have to assume. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. He has no consistent hair color. Well, that's also because if you do a deep dive into the Zelda lore, it's not always the same. It's 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 very rarely actually the same Link because they're on right. a because they're on a uh, reincarnation cycle. It's uh, got it. Um, this is this might as well be comics for how fucking confusing this is. <laughs> but the point the, the point of the matter is yeah yeah forget about Link's hair. <laughs> the point of the matter is, in very very few instances are Zelda and Link portrayed in a romantic relationship. Right. It's very frequently much more one of liege and vassal. It's more like, hey, you must save the kingdom. Yes. Right. right. It's really much more, hey, the, you are the you are the fated hero of herodom. The hero and of time. The, and here is and and here's the uh, and here's the damsel in distress you have to go save her go save. Now do a monomyth. Um, right. Restore the throne and so on and yes. so forth. Yes. It, it's it's very and uh, there is one interesting fan theory uh, flying around, by the way, on on Mario and uh, and and Peach that's worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, and is that it, and that is in fact that the relationship is actually a healthy uh, a healthy um, polygamous relationship between Mario Peach and Bowser with a with with, with a very strong uh, hostage taking slash rescue kink. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say it's almost like a cuckold thing because. <laughs> well, no, no, it's it, it's their that, that that like that that's their that that's that that's their that's their thing is like she just keeps managing to get rescued or uh, she kidnapped. keeps managing to get kidnapped and yeah. he keeps managing to rescue her. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is very convenient. Um, it, it, what I'm wondering, what I'm curious about is Bowser has all these kids. Who did who did he have the kids with? Uh, the Koopalings are not his children. They are adopted. Um, okay. Bowser Jr. is apparently his child with no currently known mother, although in, <laughs> although in the first game in which he appears, she he claims that Peach is his, is his mother, although okay. that also is also proven to be a canon lie in the same game. I, I do want to just take a moment to appreciate how you're such an authority on all this. I watch <laughs> a lot of YouTube videos, let's just put it that way. YouTube scholar. <laughs> Uh, and my so. my interests fall towards video games and obscure lore, so obscure video games lore is right there in the middle. It's that perfect <laughs> intersection of, of geekiness. Yeah. Okay, so these are a couple non-couples, but... Yeah, so we yeah. cover those two couples. So let's go to sci-fi. Um, Sheridan and... and uh, and Delenn? Delenn, yeah, Sheridan and Delenn. Wake me up when you need me. Yeah, he's yeah. not watched it. <laughs> but I, I've been re-watching Bab 5 recently because my friend Kevin finally got into it. Mm -hmm. um, yes, this is the same Kevin that I talk about all the time because he's one of my best friends outside of this group. Um, we hang out a lot. He's my DM. Uh, there you go. So, so yeah, I mean Sheridan and Delenn, which is there's almost a, because Sheridan because of what Sheridan represents. By the way, Kevin, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you to, uh, tonight after the game, like where to skip to in this. Um, one of the things about, you know, th there's almost a worshipful aspect to it between the both of them. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, and, and of course there is that the most epic line ever, only one human has ever... <laughs> yes, only one human has ever survived so, survived combat with a, with a Mimbari war cruiser. He, he is behind, behind me. me. <laughs> you are in front of me. If you value your lives, be, be somewhere, somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And they leave. Best bluff ever. But well, it wasn't a bluff. She was. To she totally would have killed them all. I know, but when when you don't have to, it's still a bluff. <coughs> I don't know. Uh, um, I'm not sure it's a bluff if if you're willing to go through with it. It's more. <coughs> it's more of down. just a threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at any rate, um, I, you know, I don't know. There there was a lot about that that was kind of. Mm, you know, because Sheridan is also supposed to be a Minbari soul, you know. Well, I mean, all Minbar, all humans are Minbari souls because of the, the fact that that uh, that uh, Sinclair, you know, mm -hmm. went back in time and became Valen. Exactly. Spoilers yeah, for Babylon Five, like in yeah, general. Sure, I'll forget it. But you know, it, and it's one of those things we can't spend too much time on. But yeah, yeah. they they did. They did portray a passionate relationship, but it was just like an inch away from me giving the total buy-in on it, mm. like I would, like I did. But I, I like know. how it. I, I like how it started subtly, though. Yeah, because it it started and built slow. Mm. Like it it wasn't a. It, it wasn't one of those stupid quirky things where they see each other for the first time and it's like, oh, you I, know. I believe the term you're looking for is a meet cute. Okay, I'm not familiar with this. Well, take my word for it. It's a Me thing. Too. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Well, when, when we first meet Delin, she is not human-looking. No. Though when the first time he meets Delin, she is, but that's beside the point as well. 
Right. And he does, and he does think that she's she pretty, but hair. there's like, but it's yeah. like it's not it's not the the love at first sight, and and with one musical montage, they're getting they're getting married. Right. Uh, <laughs> but that also brings us to uh, the sort of romance between. Um, Claudia Christian's character. Oh my god. Um, first officer, Russian. Ivanova? Ivanova. And. And Natalia? Uh, well, there's that one. Yeah, that one That one ends, ends horribly. Um, but then also uh, the ranger. Um, Marcus. Marcus, between her and Marcus. Ah, uh, good old Marcus. Marcus is my favorite character. And he is a frequent cast of Vision Con. I really need to make sure that I'm, you know, and get get the DVDs so I can stop watching any on on, uh, on Amazon Prime. Right. By the way, all of Babylon Five is on Amazon Prime. You should totally watch it. It's really good. Um, it's the best yeah. Deep Space Nine season ever. Uh, right. <laughs> and Deep Space Nine is one of my favorite Star Treks. So I've got Prime. We'll take up on. <laughs> okay. So this is a good. This is a good uh, segue into one of the ones that I mentioned. It's kind of. It is a. It was another deep cut that none of that neither Mike nor I knew the, the right. Klingon guy. Yeah, Martok <laughs> and Lady Cirilla, um, and it is one of those things of the heart wants what the heart wants, whatever the mind thinks. Um, our first introduction to them is uh, is in uh, "You're Cordially Invited," where um, where Jadzia is marrying Worf. That's also a good romance. Mm-hmm. Um. He said from the kitchen. <laughs> but our, their first interaction that we see is, you know, is her coming in and saying, you put on weight and your hair is going gray. Martok's response, my deterioration is proceeding apace. <laughs> and then, I thought you would be in your grave by now. It is like, I shall endeavor to die this year if possible. <laughs> it's a very ascorbic relationship from the sound of it. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched hardly any Star Trek, but I love the way Klingons talk. Yeah. I, I, I do I do appreciate well, that. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's because after the first season where they were just caricature, caricatured villains, they became, you know... They became space Vikings. Space, little space Viking samurais. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, space Viking samurais. I mean, it's just. Hey, there's a there's a video game for you. Space Vikings versus space samurais. Oh my god, but yeah, I mean, because Klingons will fight and try to kill each other, but at the end of the day, they will drink at the same bar. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and their, their primary wine is made from blood. Yeah. Klingon blood wine. Um, and, you know... And of course, their, prune juice is the drink of a warrior. Yes, prune juice is the drink of a warrior. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, and they're... And for Klingons, that head ridge, mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, one of their primary greetings for friends is a headbutt. Yeah. I was a Klingon fanboy uh, back in the day where I got to... I got to uh, where I got to intimidate some, some Star Trek fans. Um, but yeah, Klingon Klingon romances are mm-hmm. you know you, well, Worf describes them you know the men oh is it the women scream and throw things the men read Klingon love poetry and duck a lot. Mike <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. can turn his brain off for a little bit longer. Um, uh, not to just exclude him from the entire episode, but. Uh, the Doctor and his many rom- romantic companions. Truthfully, I only I only count three. There's Rose, Rose, which is you know I really dislike Rose. 
as um, a character. Like I, I liked Rose. I, I liked her. She uh, was like my problem is everyone's like, oh, Rose is like the best companion of New Who. No, she isn't. No, Donna Noble was. Donna Noble probably <laughs> was. You're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I also have I also have a lot of fond fond uh, love for the for the pawns. This is true, but I see Rose grew into her roles role as a companion. Um, yeah, she's just she's just a fucking chav, and I don't like that kind of character. Well, the thing is, that she isn't. You know, anyways, that's that's a place we're going to disagree on. Yeah, but um, uh, it's, Rose, it's it's definitely a, a matter of personal taste. Right, I recognize that Rose is yeah, Rose is, is a common girl, but she grows into being the companion. I mean, for God's sake, she you know enco- encompasses the TARDIS. Briefly, you know, and becomes the bad wolf. Um, but then, um, then we go from there to Donna Noble. Yeah, just mates. Uh, yeah, you know, which I just I want to meet. Yeah, you know, and, and they're you know who is easily the Doctor's equal from the beginning. Yes, even when she's a little flighty, she is still the Doctor's equal. You know, in in personality and force of personality. But then we also get to River Song. Yes. Um, one of his other true romantic uh, companions, who is to me one of the few the few people who can keep up with a doctor, or even end up being a step ahead sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, and I love that she shows up a fully fleshed out character. With, and then you find out about her. Exactly, you know, and she, and she opens up with the line that becomes her signature. Hello, sweetie. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just like, oh, because when you go back and watch uh, Silence in the Library, Silence, Silence in the Library uh, you know, yeah, she is River Song as we come to know her, mm-hmm. um, which is just a, a tribute to Alex Kingston's, you know, especially when they're doing that Arthur, you know, uh, Merlin thing, going through the relationship yeah. backwards. Um, but she also has my favorite Sonic screwdriver. It's a good Sonic. Um, but yeah, she's, you know... And of, and of course, there is one other romantic companion that the Doctor's always had with him. Ever since the one... Or her at this point now. But right. I haven't watched any of the new season yet. Seriously, yeah. I, I don't have BBC. I'm sorry. Amazon Prime. It's not up on Amazon Prime yet. I've been watching The it. new series is? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, didn't th- I didn't think the one with, with uh, 13 was up, th- was yep. up yet. Yep, yep. Well, I, I ordered either that or I ordered I, it. I, I know what I'm doing tomorrow it. then. Okay. Um, <laughs> I may have ordered it, but I think it's up on Amazon Prime. I will check. Anyway, if that's the case, um, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. But yes, yes. the Doctor's constant companion is, of course, the TARDIS. Hello, sexy. Yes. <laughs> um, and she even got to uh, got to be a character for one of my favorite episodes, written, written by, by Neil, Neil Gaiman. freaking Gaiman. Neil freaking Gaiman. Yeah. Um, the Doctor. The Doctor's wife. wife, and she gets one of the one of. Uh, a fantastic line. Biting's fantastic. Biting's like kissing, but with a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Although my favorite line from that is, I just wanted to say hello. It, um, it's really touching, because I, like, it's really true. Like, the, the TARDIS is a character in and of its own right. Right, and, and you know, I love how, you know, it's... Of course, that, that episode, I mean tribute to Neil Gaiman, you know, that episode also brought to me, brought one of the most badass Doctor lines, where, you know, the villain's going, fear me, I have killed hundreds of Time Lords. Fear me, I killed them all. 
Whoa, okay. <laughs> oh. So, Mike, we, we've excluded you from the conversation in the last 20 minutes. You have any, uh, do you have any suggestions? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so who's your next couple up on the... Uh, on, the uh... on the docket. Well, um, to round out the science fiction ones, we can talk about uh, Zoe and Wash from Firefly, and of course Han and Leia from Star Wars. Yes. Oh, Zoe and Wash. Uh, Zoe and Wash. And that, I think I love I was that. so mad when they killed Wash. Yeah. Wash is one of my favorite characters. Wash is one of my favorite characters. Well, the, here's the thing about that is that, like, yeah, they killed Wash, but then nothing, there was not really any other stuff after that. There was no season two. There was no sequel to the movie. There was the comics. There's the comics, yeah, but some of the comics are, like, prequel comics. Like uh, there are, the there are comics in, in sequel that are canon. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. Kind of like, like, like Buffy season eight. Yeah. 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 Now, the, the thing is, is I, the thing I love about that relationship is that we come into it in the middle. Right. You know, and we never see it start. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We see when they first meet, but we don't see the romance start. Yeah, I suppose you're right there. Um, we definitely yeah. do see where they meet. I guess uh, she hates him initially, doesn't she? She does, right. yeah. Of course, out of gas, if you if you remember, out of gas, he had that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and you can and hit anyone even, with that mustache. Yeah, and, yeah, and even... even uh, no, Mal liked him, but Zoe was like, mm, you know. Um, well, it, that makes sense to me, because Mal is more the seat-of-his-pants kind of guy, and Zoe's more by-the-book kind of... Like, yeah, she and is. And Wash is very much a seat-of-his-pants sort of guy right. as well. Right, right. Wash is very much in the moment, and I, I think that's what makes them such a good couple. Yeah, they kind of even each other out. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, you know, there's, there's so many times where we get to see that dichotomy between them. Um, you know, because I'm thinking um, bushwhacked when they've got them on board the ship, and they're questioning the on board the uh, Alliance ship, and they're questioning them. The, and the Zoe's, space between her, well, and, her but knees. Just, <laughs> you know, to start off with, is you know, it's like we're very private people. Have you ever been with a warrior woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that little cut back and forth is fantastic. <laughs> right. Well, that and how much he just completely gushes over her. The right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really entire, really her entire lower half. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, any excuse to gush about her, he'll take. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it's also a defense mechanism because just thinking about her makes him feel, like, more comfortable and safe in a, in yeah. a terrible situation, you know? Well, and, and then there's, you know, and then my other, uh, the other one that, um, well, it was the one after the train job, second one with Niska. Um, uh, I mean, there's only eight episodes. The one, where they're, the one where they're getting tortured? Yes. I can't remember the name of the episode. But they're getting tortured in it. And Niska gives her gives Zoe a choice, and she's like, and he's like, "You have a choice. You must choose between him." Does not you? Yeah, and Niska's and Niska's thinking about like what? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like really not him. You thought this would be hard, <laughs> you know? And even and and what I like about that is even Mal is like, yeah, I'm not really surprised by this decision. Well, the thing is, is that it, it, the thing is that the Zoe, only person who's surprised by it is Wash. <laughs> yeah, well, and Niska. <laughs> yeah. Niska's all manner of surprised. Um, but yeah, it, it, war stories. It's war stories. War stories. That's um, you're right. But and, and the the funny thing is, is that. If she only could choose one, she chose the right one 
to mount that rescue because no one else could do what Wash did. Mm-hmm. Which is set Serenity on a course where she basically glided into their airlock. Yep. From 60 million miles out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, trying to hit a, it's right, like trying to hit a hole in one from 6 million miles away. Well, I mean, he was the best pilot in the verse. Exactly. And it just, you know, on the one hand it was pragmatic, but on the other, yeah, it was the, it was a choice Zoe was always going to make. Yeah. And we get to see, you know, um, we get to see so much of the crew in that one. I mean, because we get to, uh, we get this, you know, uh, we see that book <laughs> is a a crack shot, <laughs> yeah, and b calm as fuck under under pressure. Yeah, like even his background. Yeah, it's not yeah. surprising. Which well, was really revealed in comics, <clears throat> right? Quite. And then you know, and of course, I love the exchange between him and Simon. He was like, "How do you feel about this?" Well, I don't know. I've never shot anyone before. <laughs> Yeah, I was at, I was there. I don't. I still don't think you haven't shot anyone. <laughs> he, he said something that I can't remember the exact line, but to paraphrase, it's something about like the book. Uh, it's what about thou shalt not kill? Yeah, so I guess and a bit fuzzier on the subject of kneecaps. kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God is very. The Lord is the Lord is very specific about the matter of killing. He is, however, much. Uh, he is, however, a little more vague at the subject of kneecaps. <laughs> Yeah. Very much a Terminator 2 thing going on there. It's like, right. oh, just kneecap all these fools. Yeah, you know, live. Um, but, but we see it all the way through. I mean, and we we also get to see Zoe in her only vulnerable moments. Um, in our, Miss, our Mrs. Reynolds, uh, at, the, at the celebration, we get to see where she's leaned up against Wash, laughing, having fun, being not a warrior woman. Mm-hmm. You know, which is kind of cool. Um, her and you know, we see that with her and Wash, and of course, um, um, the uh, oh, the one where, uh, where they're on Persephone and um, Badger, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like you could lock the door and keep the power man, uh, you know. Uh, was it uh, keep the power man psycho out? No, no, I'm liking this whole poetry thing because <laughs> because they were talking because uh, Mal was off the ship and yeah. Jade, you know. So I mean, we get to see them being intimate. And, mm-hmm. So yeah. Also, they have one of my favorite just general lines, like. Now, now, excuse me, Captain. Now, excuse me, Captain. I need to borrow this man. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I need this man to, to rip off all of my clothes. And he gets, work, work, work. <laughs> yeah, that was a great <laughs> Yeah, their relationship really uh, lends itself to those great exchanges, that classic mm-hmm. Whedon writing. Yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly. So there so, we go. Uh, we gotta. We have to touch on Han and Leia. Yes, Han and Leia. Yes. Um, I mean, it got it. It got poo pooed upon somewhat by the more recent movies. Yeah, which I'm not it's a fan like, of. It feels like it kind of. The more recent movies are okay. Like they're not like, prequel bad, but they're not original trilogy good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a shame that they 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 pooed all over that relationship because it's just like 
I don't know. It felt so earned in the original yeah. trilogy, mm -hmm. and then it's just like, oh, but for for whatever reason, they drifted apart, and Han's kind of a deadbeat dad, and it's like, wait, what? No, like that's right. stupid. Well, no, I, like the reasoning makes a certain amount of sense, but they loved each other. There shouldn't have been like that. Shouldn't have been a thing. Well, in my opinion, if you have a healthy relationship and you experience a tragedy, then you lean on each other to get through it. You don't just go, oh, woe was me, and then drift to, and like revert back to your old smuggling ways and all this stupid crap. Like, yeah. I don't want to go off too much of a rant there, Dennis Miller style, but um, I thought that was dumb. So just yeah. focusing on the actual relationship in the original trilogy, because in the new movies, all it is just like, oh, hey, it's been a while, and that's about it. Like, yeah. They don't really have, and like, oh, like go help my son, blah, blah. Right. Like, they have a few lines, and that's it. So and then, and, and then you know, things happen. Right. Yeah. Well, these, these ones are, are recent enough that I feel like spoilers are worth holding on to. Well, we don't right. even need to get into it anyway, because yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with it. Because the original the trilogy, the sparks are there from the moment, you know, the moment they meet. Right. You know. They're they're very angry sparks initially. Yeah, well it's yeah, it's another yeah, example it's you of got, uh, you, them not liking each other first like two very strong watch. personalities, yeah. you know. <clears throat> right, right. Because Luke at that point is still kind of a milk toast Jedi. <laughs> you know. Um, or force sensitive, yeah. if you will. He didn't even have a lightsaber at that point. Right? Yeah he did. Well he No he didn't. Yeah he did. He had he had the one that he had Anakin's. Yeah, he, he had his dad's lightsaber. Did it he got yeah. it on freaking Tatooine, man. Yeah, no, he got it. He, he just was, never even got it out. Yeah, he just never, he used, never it. used it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of dumb, but okay. Right. You know, and I guess technically see. he has it in his pocket, but he never uses it. So. Right, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, then we start seeing more... But I love the exchange between, you know, Luke and Han. You think a princess like her and a guy like me? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. And then I love Han's little smirk in response to like, yeah, I respect your candor. <laughs> it's just like he's not even mad he's just amused right because <laughs> that's fucking Han Solo <laughs> yeah and of course you get to one of uh, and that that leads into one of the greatest ad libs of all time which one what do you think I love you I know. I know I know well see actually before that we get that whole because Han sees it in Leia mm -hmm. way early on right yeah um, because you know first time we see them interacting in Empire. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Han is talking about, you didn't want me to leave. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, she's in denial and Han knows what's up. Yeah. But yeah. he is a dick about it because he's Han. He's, I mean, he's still yeah. Han. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't make him not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think who's scruffy looking was ad libbed. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the only one that I know is ad lib yeah. was the I love you I know. Yeah. yeah. He was supposed to say, it was it written in the script, he was supposed to say I love you too. Which would have been completely Which, forgettable. Yeah, and instead, <laughs> in one of the takes, he said, I know, and that's the one they kept. And one of my favorite quotes, you can write this shit, George, but you can't say it. Right. <laughs> well, you can't say it, yeah. Um, but then, of course, then there's a the whole thing in, uh, you know, in Jedi, mm -hmm. with a misunderstanding, yeah. you know. Right. He's yeah. like, okay, I understand. Yeah. When he it, gets back, I won't get, I, I won't get between, no. He's my brother. Brother. Um, uh, yeah. and, and the look and the look on his oh, yeah, face, you know, face. you know, he's totally remembering that kiss from from from, <laughs> from Empire. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. that's a uh, yeah. You don't want to go down that path, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, that was one of those classic. They decided to do the twist after the thing had already happened. Yeah, but everyone's just supposed to be like, "Let's not think about how I weird that is." Yeah. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. Lucas claimed for a long time that he 
knew about their their initial relationship from the get go. That makes it worse. Yes, it makes case. it much worse, especially <laughs> if you've read Splinter of the Mind's Mind. Eye. I call total bullshit on that. Yeah, movie. no, it's absolutely Lucas says total a lot bullshit. of things. Okay, Lucas is like, oh yeah, it was all part of my grand plan. Bullshit. No, as a writer, <laughs> I will throw things in there and I will go, hey, let's use this for that. Which, by yeah. the way, nobody cares. Nobody's right. calling him out for that. It's yeah, just like, there, there's, he's, he's got too much of an ego to admit that he yeah. didn't have some grand plan. There is no him. shame in being like, yeah, no, I totally thought of that in the third game, in the third game book. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just... Or movie or whatever. Kept, of course, a big part of that is just the actual acting of uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford just like mm-hmm. being so great together, you know? Yeah. They really sell the, <clears throat> the lines, the, the oh, delivery. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's a classic. So um, we've got about fifteen minutes left. Shall so, we talk about the, the the one of the healthiest relationships ever portrayed in media? I guess we should get to it while we have time. Yes, we've been we've been, uh, we've been we've been we went into this teasing detail this on the Adams family episode, yes. but yeah, it bears repeating. Gomez and Morticia Adams are one of the healthiest marriages in all of fiction. Yeah, and, and with a with a kink. Yeah. They're, no. they're kinky. They're very much into into uh, into BDSM. I've also heard they're kooky and altogether ooky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. they very much love each other. Very much support each other. Um, mm-hmm. Even like, when it's stupid. Yes. Right. You know, and, and I. Okay. Again, one of my early crushes was. Um, not Morticia, but uh, Angela. Um, oh, the woman who played Morticia. Yeah, yeah. Give me a second. Angelica Houston. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, she is, and she sells that line, those lines, so well. Yeah. I mean, she has that, that deadpan delivery is amazing. Well, yeah, because to the, her, these things are normal. It's like you know, right. it's like a deadbeat, a drifter, a dreamer. You know, or something like that, and, and um, oh, is it because it's like you know, is he coughing up blood? Not like he used to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, don't torture yourself, Gomez, darling. That's my job. <laughs> you yeah, know, a lot of great lines. Or Gomez, the way you talked to me earlier it frightened me. Oh no, you were last night. You were like a madman. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. nice. Unhinged. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. And um, yeah, one of the overarching themes of their relationship, I think, is like the uh, like the um, consistent like passion and enthusiasm they have. Because it's like they've I don't mm, I don't know about this the specific like timelines based on the comics or the movies or whatever, but like the general consensus. I mean, well, at least just the age of their kids, you know, they've been together for over a decade. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know. And the passion's still there. Oh, yeah. Well, Indeed. I mean, the auction scene in Adam's family was Adam's family was great. Where they're basically making out in the middle of the auction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all we hear is like, ha! Ah. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, oh. It's also, a, also just the, like, security of, like, they're secure in their relationship, and they don't. No fucks are given about what anyone else thinks at any yeah, time ever. Right. Yeah. So that's another admirable quality there. Although I'm not sure if that's so much no fucks were given as much as they don't think it's abnormal. Right. It's Either. little from column A and a little from column yeah. B. I think. Well, uh, and also, and the other thing, uh, something I like about uh, about Morticia is she is not afraid to support other women, but if they, you know, because uh, her whole scene with Debbie. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but pastels, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I mean, she is like all these things that were, you know, it's like, was it, uh, you know, you, you tried to subvert my, you know, subvert, uh, uh, you know, poor, uh, poor F- Fester, which I can, I can respect, but <laughs> pastels, <laughs> you, you know, it's just like, you know, I can respect you being all this strong woman here, even if you're trying to kill me at it, but really? Pastels? <laughs> but, um, it, it, you know, uh, and, yeah, Gomez, uh, and Gomez, like, you know, he seems to be able to, like, bro it up with people and stuff and not feel, like, threatened or intimidated or whatever. Exactly. Like, and that's another thing, too, is, like, they kind of, like, they they spend quality time together and all that, but at the same time, they're also, like, they trust each other to, like, be their own people and do their own things independently of one another, you know? So it's like, you know, you never really see, like, Gomez getting super jealous or, no, like, you, yeah. you don't see Morticia being like, oh, you spend too much time with your friends or, like, anything like that, you know? Exactly. Well, and because, yeah, they, they have that balance. And I love, there's a line where she's like, you know, I want what any girl wants, you know, to, uh, you know, to v- devote my time to the dark arts, and you will. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. okay, well then, you know, the dark, Lord, the dark one calls. Let's get you taken. You know, let's yeah. get a daddy. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, he supports her completely in the things that she does. You know, and I just you know, it's like the 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 dynamic between the two of them. He was still a suspect. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like. They are, perf- you know, and then of course the uh, the dance in uh... the 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 line um, the, the, that I was I wanted to. How long has it been since we waltzed? Oh, Gomez, hours. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and it's just yeah, because you, you get that you're like yeah, they strictly dance together, you know, and. <laughs> Well, uh, there are some quick hits I wanted to mention since we're gonna we're wrapping up here in the next few minutes. Yeah, um, about ten. The um, we we mentioned Deadpool briefly, and he's had various uh, romances over the years. And I mentioned his monster wife for a while, Shikla. Um, the, with the comics, it's it's kind of like scattered. Uh, but one one touchstone that everyone has is the portrayal of him and Vanessa in the first Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the comics, she's actually copycat, but they don't they don't get into that in the movies. Uh, and she's like a mutant that can, just like the name implies, basically pull a mystique and take on the appearance of almost anyone else. Um, but um, I love uh, I love their chemistry and their dynamic there, and the whole like it, it's basically summed up in the line of um, I, what is it? You're crazy. Ma- matches my crazy. I think is the line, yeah. something like that. Which is uh, yeah, which is kind of funny because. She was played by one of the other characters in a romance in Firefly. Yeah, she uh, she played Anara uh, 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 in mm. Firefly. <clears throat> a, couple, yeah, a couple that never was, but almost was. Right. Well, they may have been after Serenity. Right. And then, speaking of co- comics couples, there's Scott, um, you know, Scott and Jean. Yeah, and, and I mean, we could, <laughs> we could do an entire. We, we, I mean, I think next year we probably should do an entire episode on love triangles. Yeah, yeah it will be um, some that we get into, like <clears throat> Cyclops and Jean Grey and Logan, Logan. Mm-hmm. aka Wolverine, mm-hmm. and uh, Buffy and Angel and Spike. Right. Um, and 
a couple others here that we don't really have much time to touch on, but may in a future episode. Um, there have been a lot of uh, couples throughout the Final Fantasy series over the years. And we have, oh yeah, we didn't even get to that. We, we yeah. talked about it pre-game. Technically you, could, uh, yeah. <clears throat> technically you could consider Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith a love triangle, but Sort of, not, sort of, not really, because it's they don't actually. More complicated. They don't compete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a straight. It's up just more sort of who you end up with, depending on your choices throughout the game. Yeah, and again, that gets it lives. gets into <laughs> what? <you> know. <laughs> no, Derek doesn't live. Exactly. Tiff Spoilers, I know. Yeah. For but, Final Fantasy VII, one of the best-selling Final Fantasy games of all time. Well, just as an aside, in, in Final Fantasy VII, there is a scene where. Uh, the airship lands and it's getting dark and Cloud and Tifa are like hanging out reminiscing and it's heavily implied that they have sex I think or at the very least like get together or whatever like make out and like mm-hmm. cement some sort of romantic thing there because it very much feels like a fade to black I don't remember that but okay it it's feels like since I played 7 too it feels like a fade to black like camera pans to the fireplace kind of a vibe right uh, <clears throat> if they ever if they ever put out that remake then maybe you'll see what I'm talking about yeah but I got that vibe um yeah we'll go into more um Cecil and Rosa from Final Fantasy 4 mm-hmm. um that's kind of interesting because like so much happens in that game yeah and like for the most part they're together to like get through it together yeah and there's the whole like you know the whole you know Cecil's a dark knight becoming a paladin thing and like there's a lot of actually like pretty epic stuff that goes on there mm-hmm. um yeah. and that was kind of cool um, there wasn't really a love triangle, but Kane did have the hots for her, and he was like honorable enough to be like, "I should be far away because that's not cool. I don't yeah. want to pull. A, I don't want to be the Lancelot in this scenario." Yeah, right. <laughs> which is know? interesting because he was the dragoon, and they carry lances. Right, uh, a he, lot. I wonder if that was intentional or not. Because <laughs> uh. that's how. I mean, spoiler alert. But at the end of Final Fantasy IV, Cecil becomes the king of the kingdom, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah, and Rosa becomes his queen, and then Kane goes off. And it just does yeah, he thing. founds his own kingdom. If you played the the played played the sequel, which I've heard is okay, <clears throat> I never got around. Apparently, to that. he gets to run his own castle someplace else. It sounded like glorified fanfic. Yeah, it really did. I I wasn't really like <laughs> I wasn't rushing to get it, despite my love for the game. I'm like, this seems like nostalgia bait. So maybe if it's on a really good sale, I'll pick it, it up. It got someday. mixed reviews. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing too. But anyway, a lot of people were like, "Wow, this is like almost the exact same plot of the first game, but right. not as good." Right. <laughs> characters. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. you know, one other thing, kind of funky now, is anymore you now have the ability to create a variety of romances for your main character in games. Yeah, like I just finished playing my first playthrough of Persona Five. There are. Give me a second. One, two. Seven romanceable uh, options and that I can out. think of. Uh, that I, if I if I'm I think I'm getting all of them, or maybe I'm counting one twice. I'm not sure. Yeah, I love the Saints Row parody of that in Saints Row Four, which is like you just like hit a button with anybody, and, and it's just like and you immediately you jump to get, the sex scene. Yeah, too. you just get it on, just no context <laughs> right. whatsoever. Well, yeah, the Witcher, which is, you know. With the exception of Keith David, you can't have sex with Keith David. Mm. Okay. It's lit- like <laughs> it is literally Keith David, and and there is the romance button, and he turns you down every single time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, from they live fame. But um, well, from from many pieces of fame. Yeah. Yes, but I that's one of my favorites. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, they also they also reference it because he fights with Roddy Roddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Roddy yeah. No, they do a whole homage yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. great. Yeah. Good old Saints Row. <laughs> Saints Rows were really are really interesting uh, series of. Th- 
I always like to say that the Fast and Furious movies are the uh, are the Saints Row of movies because they just keep up amping up the, the ridiculous factor. Yeah. yeah. Or Saints Row is the Fast and Furious of the game of the video game world. There is, there, however, which way you want to that, look that at it. That is another way you could look at it. Um, to quote Sean Spencer, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> Six-ish more minutes. Any other rapid-fire things we want to mention? <clears throat> um, we could also do another episode, you know, two years from now on will they or won't they relationships, where it's like, you know, there's belligerent sexual tension throughout the entire thing, and maybe... They they finally you know at the end of the show at the end of the of the run, you know finalize something. Um, well, I, th- I think we've uh, th- this. Oh, we did. Th- this topic is rife for plumbing. We didn't really get into. Um, we just mentioned it in passing, but Superman and Lois Lane. Yes. So a few quick minutes. That's ahead. one of the that, that they deserve it. I mean, they're a great relationship. <clears throat> and have they gotten back together in Infinity Two yet? I have no idea. Okay. Because um, they were married. For like the entirety of the old DC run, and then time reset thanks to the Flash. Um, and I yeah. and I know that initially, I initially I think they were in a relationship, but they weren't married. But I'm not sure what exactly. I all didn't really read that. the Superman New Fifty Two comics. So um, it was weird. For a while, he lost the ability to fly. Um, he could only jump really high again, which is how he started technically. Yes, I know. It was it was interesting. Um, it was weird and kind of interesting. I don't like the new suit, though, so I didn't like... What what was the new suit? I, he's probably gone through seven suits since then. Yeah, who knows? Um, in any case. But Superman and Lois Lane's always been great. Yeah. Like, once Lois Lane works out, oh, yeah, wow, it's it's Clark Kent is Superman, she just totally fucking supports him. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm, so, I'm sorry I'm sorry. I have yeah. to miss our date night, Lois, but, there, but, but uh, unfortunately there's been an earthquake in Madagascar. It's like, oh, right. okay, go for it. Right. <laughs> kind, of, kind, of the, kind of the whole go get him, tiger. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, I like their dynamic. It's, it's cool. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like... I mean, I, I only have limited exposure to them in comics because I haven't read a lot of Superman mm-hmm. comics, but... Um, I've seen some comics and I've seen the movies and some like references and portrayals and stuff and like by and large um, they don't have like artificial drama it's not just like oh like you're being stretched too thin and this and that it's just she just kind of supports them and vice versa you know and that was actually one of the things that they I feel like they really got right in Super Orphan Fight was the dynamic between uh, Supes and Lois right yeah right um, yeah yeah that's that's fair it's like yeah they, they just they just love each other. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's <laughs> Lois Lois is uh, she 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 does every bit as much of the oh I have to disappear and like go far away all of a sudden unannounced as Superman yeah. does because of her reporting. Yeah, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. <clears throat> she's like, Oh, I gotta like, you know, fly across the world and go to some war zone or something. Like yeah. she does crazy shit like all of a sudden yeah. all the time. So, so it's like they kinda have that in common. Yeah. Sorry, honey. I, I, I'm sorry to miss our date night, but uh, but you know, there's this breaking story, <laughs> right? Well, and, and okay, to kind of veer off from that, you're talking about how you know Lois supports him. Yeah, um, four Yeah, in Super Orphan Fight, Martha Kent. I know your son. Yeah, the cape. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she. You know, uh, it, it just. Which again, um, but. I like I like the dynamic constant dynamic between Superman and Lois Lane. Indeed. All right. 
Well, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Yes. Um, sorry for the shorter episode, but I've got a place to be in like 30 minutes, which is why we're stopping now. Um, we hope that you enjoyed it. We'll probably revisit this subject next year around Valentine's Day because why not? It's a cheap. It's a cheap target. <laughs> um, it's a. It's a very big, very red target. Yes. <laughs> um, in the meantime, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And night. And we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter E and the number 70. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. Also, please check out our Facebook and Twitter and uh, Twitter pages for links to interesting things. Our Discord is also available there, and we also make regular updates. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. This is a test to see who actually listens to these episodes the whole way through. Send us an email with the words potato salad in it. The first five respondents will win a small prize. <laughs>